Well, good morning, Fellowship Fayetteville. If you would not mind, would you stand with us? Let's celebrate the scripture this morning, and we're going to celebrate our God here in just a moment. But hear these words from Psalm 16. You make known the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We come in this place to celebrate the goodness of our King, His faithfulness to us. And so together this morning, let's sing out. Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before Thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin Drive the darker down away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. Sing all thy works with joy. Church, you can have a seat. 
How good is that, guys? So good. Yeah, go ahead and clap. Hey, my name's Clark, and I have the privilege of serving with these guys on your pastor team here at Fellowship Fayetteville, and we couldn't be more thrilled than to be with you this Labor Day weekend um, here worshiping together. And so I um, wanted to uh, just remind you of a few things, really cool things that are coming your way over the next few weeks. Uh, the first one, next week we start our study in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. And we've provided these study guides for you. They're out in the foyer in the information booth. You can pick one up on your way out. Inside, you will find study prompts to help you learn how to study your Bible in the context of Philippians. Also, a devotional guide that you can use during the week. And then there's also discussion questions that you can use in your community group, your men's group, women's group, or your cell group. And so be sure and pick one of those up on your way out today. We also have some really cool equipping classes designed to help you stay on the front lines of ministry here at Fellowship Fayetteville. And the first one is called Discover Discipleship. It's going to be offered in the classroom uh, beginning here in a few weeks. And it's designed to help you know how to take someone who has just become a follower of Jesus, maybe a baby in their Christian faith, and to help them understand the scriptures, who Jesus is, and then how to reproduce themselves spiritually and to give you a plan, um, kind of the how, the what, and the why of discipleship. Uh, along with that, we're also uh, offering a class called Discover Good News. And if you've ever uh, had some fear about how to share your faith or communicate the good news of Jesus with others, this class is designed for you to help you understand why we share the good news of Jesus and also how to go about doing that with different types of folks. And so um, be sure and sign up for one of these. Sign up for both of them. It's going to be a great experience in terms of uh, helping you get on the front lines of ministry here at Fellowship. Well, today we wrap up our Mission Vision Series. And so we've walked through um, owning the Great Commission in the context of our home or our families, our church family, in the context of our community. And now we consider the world. And we wanted to keep you up to date as you are our partners in God's greater global mission. Um, this verse here, we have a scene where um, these creatures are gathered around the throne and the lamb is being worshiped on the throne, a, a lamb who was slain. And this is the song that they were singing. You're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons, hear it, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And I wanted to remind you, church, and I need this reminder myself, church family, that this is where history is going. And we want you to be a part of this. And we're going to celebrate that in so many different ways this morning. One of those ways that we've done that, 18 months ago, we launched Kyle and Elise McCarthy. They wanted to play their part in seeing this happen, and they went to Tokyo. And uh, we've got an update from their pastor on some really cool things that we wanted you to see that. And so take a look at this. The Tokyo metro area is home to 37 million people, and less than 1% of the people here in Tokyo worship Jesus and follow Jesus, making this the largest concentration of lost people on the planet and a place that has a huge need for gospel proclaiming churches. The church that we've been a part of for the last three years has this story of grace upon grace upon grace. That we could be here 
and share the gospel with people who have never heard. And launching in a pandemic, God didn't only keep the church alive, but he allowed it to thrive, seeing people come to Christ and be saved. And it's all just the grace that God has given us. God then provided an amazing location for us where we could grow and a year and a half ago, we moved into this location right on top of the second busiest station in the world. And then a year and a half later, we found ourselves without any more space. And then God provided another grace once again, where we found a new building that we can rent with an amazing ministry partner where the church can more than double in size. And it's the building that's behind me right now, which is once again in the heart of Tokyo, next to one of the busiest stations. And it represents this amazing opportunity to see the church grow. This facility will allow us to double in size. We'll have more space for kids, more space for church community life. So now what we need is we need your continued prayers for the 99% of Tokyo that doesn't know Jesus to help this church in Tokyo move into the next season of making disciples in this city. Come on up here. I want you to meet Hallie May, and as you can see, uh, their mission is growing there in Tokyo. And um, Hallie has made a decision um, here in January to launch out and join the McCarthys, and uh, we wanted to introduce you to her. And so she's going to be. Uh, she's actually been serving on our media resourcing team for the last couple of years, and so we're sending our best and brightest, Hallie. And so. Um, we hate to lose you, but we know uh, that we're excited to launch you. And so if you want to meet her and learn more about her ministry, she's still raising funds um, to go to Tokyo. Um, she'll be in the connections booth as you go out to your right, and uh, she can have more information for you there. And so, Hallie, we wanted to pray for you and uh, just ask God's grace on you as you go and join not only Jay Greer, their pastor, but also um, reunite with some of your friends, the McCarthys. And so, church, if you could... And I know this is uh, very strange for some of you. If you could put out your left hand, and we're going to pray over her as she continues her fundraising and gets ready to launch. Hallie, Father, I want to say thank you for adopting Hallie into your family, uh, making her my sister in Christ. Uh, thank you for her heart um, to see all peoples worship you. God, I pray that you would be gracious to her over these next few months, that you would continue to be faithful to provide for her as she continues to fundraise. God, also just pray that you would prepare her um, to have great chemistry with this team, uh, to find her role on the team. I pray that she would connect well with them. God, I pray that you would use Hallie as she shares her story to raise up more laborers who would go to the nations and mobilize uh, from Fellowship Fayetteville. Uh, thank you for the work of your son on her behalf, on us as followers of you, and in the resurrection power, and in the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Church, let's continue in prayer this morning. We do this every week. Let's confess our need for a Savior before the Lord. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. We have not loved you as you deserve. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not obeyed you as we should. Lord, forgive us our sin. We are in need of a savior. We do that every week. We, we pray that prayer corporately as, uh, as a unified church body. 
This week, I want to take a little extra time and just where you're seated, just bow before the King and let's take some time for personal confession of sin. Let's take that before him. Confess that, God, we need you. Let's confess maybe specific sins that come to mind that the Holy Spirit puts on your hearts. Let's take that time now. story does not end there. The scripture will tell us as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for us as far as the east is from the west. That is how far he's removed our sin from us in Christ. So if you're in Christ in this room, would you stand with us and together let's remind ourselves of the good news of the gospel. So church, believe this good news. Jesus died for us. Jesus rose for us. Jesus intercedes for us. In him, we are a new creation. In him, we have forgiveness of sin. In him, we have a savior. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just together, let's sing these words, reminding ourselves of his grace for us. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you Filled me with peace, ever a mercy, oh my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but sing. He's been faithful to us. Sing it out. Faithful you are. Faithful, faithful, you are. 
done for us and I will privilege of hearing these this amazing passage in three different languages this morning so you'll see the english on one side and the three languages on the other so let's continue to worship and hear god's word romans 10 verses 9 through 15 sapagkat kung ipapahayag mo sa pamamagitan ng iyong bibig na si jesus ay panginoon at sasampalataya ka ng buong puso na binuhay siyang muli ng diyos mula sa kamatayan ay maliligtas ka Sapagkat sumasampalataya ang tao sa pamamagitan ng puso tungo sa pagiging matuwid at nagpapahayag sa pamamagitan ng bibig tungo sa kaligtasan. Sepse shkrimi thot kush doj që beson në të nuk do të turpërohet, sepse nuk ka dalim me siuteo dhe grekut, sepse një i vetëm është përëndia i të gjithve, i pasur, ndaj të gjitha tyre që e thërasin. Në fakt, kush doj që do të thëras emrin e zotit, do të shpëtohet. Nje, one has to shake, take me anything or cook babble. One has to shake, buy anything or cook brew rebel. 
won wa sise go lai si oni wa su won o wa sise tesu waju bi ko se pe aran won gege bi ati ko pe ese awon tin wa su ire alafia ti dara to awon tin wa su yin ohun rere this is the word of the lord you may be seated oh said not incredible ah oh, i love that hey thank you all so much Hey, my name is Brian Pope. I am a global director here at Fellowship Bible Church, in case uh, you are new here. And this summer, I actually celebrated my 27th year for being on staff here at Fellowship Bible. Woo! Yeah! I wasn't looking for applause, but thank you. Um, kind of set that one up. And I wanted, the only reason that I, that I share that is because I, I wanted to touch on uh, two reasons that I've actually stayed here for 27 years uh, to be a part of this church. The first one is this, um, is, is our vision and mission that we have uh, with this church. And when I got here, and I've only been here for seven years in, in the global role, uh, served in, in different ministries, uh, but one of the first things they, they taught us was our, the vision and mission is to change the heart, of, the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas in the world. And the mission, the how we're going to do that, is to produce and release spiritual leaders who know and express the authentic Christ to Northwest Arkansas and the world. And when I got on staff here, I realized this is a group of people that is very serious about that. And the world is not just a tagline that they put at the end of their vision mission statement to make it sound cool or big. Um, but man, it's something that they are deeply devoted to. And the producing and the re- releasing of spiritual leaders is something that everybody on staff is, is really passionate about. And basically what it means is just equipping y'all to go out and, and to be ready to accomplish God's mission. And, and I just got so fired up about that. And I was like, man, this is a place that I want to be at. Now, the second reason uh, that I have been here for 27 years, it's going to sound a little weird. And so you're just going to have to bear with me. Because, and I say that because it kind of falls into the urban legend kind of category. And so one of my uh, spiritual heroes is a lady. By the way, she's not an urban legend. She really did exist. Her name's Corrie ten Boone. And if you don't know the story of Corrie ten Boone, I recommend that she's written many books, but these are two that basically go over her whole life story. The first one is The Hiding Place. And in short, uh, she grew up in a family of very strong believers, and they lived during the time of World War II, and they felt very compelled to hide the Jews from the Nazis. And eventually, that they, they were caught, and they were thrown into concentration camps. But even when they were thrown into concentration camps, they continued their, their ministry, not only to the prisoners, but they also felt led to minister and to share the gospel with the Nazis and the people that were keeping them in prison there. And uh, after, after World War II, Corey Tim Boone just traveled the world and, and went all over just sharing God's story of grace and forgiveness. So here's the urban legend. And I've done some research on this, and I think it could be true. But the story goes something like this, that she was flying from the East Coast to the West Coast to go again and, and to meet somewhere and to share uh, God's story of grace 
And as she was flying over the middle of the country, she, she pulled uh, a flight attendant aside and says, excuse me, can you tell me where we're at right now? And the flight attendant says, let me go ask the pilot, went and talked to the pilot, came back and said, we're over in an area called Northwest Arkansas. And Corey Tim Boone said, this is the place where the next great world revival is going to be birthed. Amen? And that's why I've been here 27 years, because I'm waiting. <laughs> When's it going to happen? And let's just, let's pretend the story is not true. Because I've always thought, well, why couldn't it happen? Why couldn't? And, and really, what is revival? And I think revival is really a combination of three things. I think all of us go through a personal revival. One is, if we don't have a relationship with the Lord and finally our eyes are opened up and our hearts are opened up and we make a commitment and give our life to Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness of sins. That is a personal revival right there. I think revival also happens if we've been walking with the Lord but we found ourselves just stuck um, and living in disobedience and falling into sin over and over again. And finally, we just we make a decision one day and say, man, I'm not gonna do that anymore and I'm gonna change directions and I'm gonna quit, quit living in that sin. Man, that's personal revival right there. And third is I think revival happens when, when people uh, finally just come to the point where they just kind of say, man, I'm tired of just sitting on the bench. God put me in the game. I'm ready to do something to extend your kingdom in the world. And, and, and that's revival. All three of those things are revival. And revival is uh, the way that we traditionally think about it is when all three of those things come together and a lot of people do it at the same time, right? And so I've always thought, man, it'd be awesome if that story is true. And I think it, actually, I think it could be. But even if it's not true, like, why not? Why not? Because I know we're part of a church that, man, believes strongly in those three things. But this morning, I want to even ask a, a different question. What if we are in the midst of a revival in northwest Arkansas? And would we even know it? And I just want to tell you, even from the global standpoint, we got some pretty cool stuff going on here. God is doing something. So I want to take a couple of minutes and just share uh, some of those with you. But before we get to that, I just kind of want to pray this prayer uh, over it because I really want to say, hey, we're not taking credit for anything. If God's up to something, he's the one doing it, all right? So we're not trying to say, hey, we figured it out. We're taking credit. Matter of fact, we're seeing a lot of cool stuff happen with a lot of different ministries and a lot of different churches in Northwest Arkansas. So we just pray, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name, give the glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. So let me just share a couple of stories with you. Do you realize in this calendar year, in our church calendar year, it goes from July to July, this congregation right here will launch out at least 13 people to go to unreached places to take the gospel where the gospel is not established. 13 people out of this body right here. Hallie is one of those people. Matter of fact, in May, we had uh, the president of one of my uh, favorite sending agencies, 
he came into town and I asked him to come speak um, at my house. We have a community group of people who are either committed to going overseas or they're really on the track thinking about going overseas. And there was 22 people tucked into my living room and he opened up and he looked around and he said, this is not normal. What I'm looking at right now is not normal. That you'd have this many people uh, ready to go overseas. If we move up the road and we get to our Rogers congregation, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on there. But I, there's one thing I really wanna focus on. We have a couple uh, that's a part of that congregation they're both deaf missionaries. The man is actually deaf. The wife is fluent in sign language, and they're deaf missionaries, and they're part of a group that is translating scripture for the deaf, different types of sign language, so they can uh, read scripture in their own language. And, and the reason that I share that with you is I want you to imagine how rare that is to have somebody in your body who does that type of work. It is literally like walking through the woods and spotting a unicorn and go, oh, that's not normal, right? But that's not it. They've already launched out another couple that's in Colombia where the wife is deaf and the husband is fluent in sign and they are doing Bible translation in sign in Colombia. So to have two out of the same congregation is like walking through the woods, seeing a unicorn and it has wings. I'm telling you, it does not happen, but it doesn't stop there. There's a third couple, a part of that congregation that is now praying and pursuing to also go overseas and to translate the Bible in sign language in different languages. Do you know how rare that is? It is like walking through the woods, seeing a unicorn with wings, with the face of Nicolas Cage. It does not happen. Sorry, we call it KG corn. Um, by the way, we have a group of proofreaders that go through our slides, and they're texting me, and they're saying, uh, there's a picture of Nicolas Cage on a unicorn. Is that supposed to be there? I'm like, yeah, trust me, it'll make sense. Uh, it'll make sense. Matter of fact, one of those people who's doing the Bible translations, the lady, uh, she's deaf, but she's been qualified to do Hebrew and Greek translation inside, one of only a few, a handful of people in the world that has that skill set. And we're not taking credit for that. Matter of fact, the first deaf couple just showed up at the Rogers congregation one day, walked in the doors and just said, hey, we feel called by God that we're supposed to start a deaf ministry here. And that's how it got started. God's doing amazing things. If you drove further north and you got to our Bentonville congregation, Something even more rare is happening there is that a group of seven churches that are not affiliated with each other, and our, our Bentonville campus is one of them, different denominations, they've gotten together and they said, hey, we want to tackle a Bible translation project, and let's pool our resources together. And they've adopted a language from Bangladesh that bleeds into India where it's estimated up to 10 million people speak, and they don't have the Bible in their language and they're coming together to see that project done. And let's, let's head south. Just right down here, down our road, one mile. You come to an organization 
It's called VIA. It's formerly known as the Center for Missions, More, uh, Missions Mobilization. And man, that place, it started with three employees. They're committed to taking the gospel to the unreached. It now has 160 employees in 12 different countries, a part of their staff. If you head another mile south, what do you come to? You come to the University of Arkansas. There's a lot of great campus ministries. I want to highlight two of them. Stumo, last summer, this last summer, they had 180 students committed their whole summer to be a part of a disciple-making program. If you go to Crew on campus, two years ago, they took a mission trip over spring break. They had 20 students. Last year, they said, hey, we think we can grow this. They took 100 students on a mission trip. This year, they said, hey, we think we can make this grow They're praying that God would send 300 students on a mission trip over spring break. Last Sunday, here in this room, we had 800 college students that were gathered to worship here. Man, God is doing something. And I'm telling you, it's not just here. It's not at Fellowship Bible Church, but multiple churches. God is up to something. Is that not incredible? What if revival is happening and we're in the midst of it? It's an exciting time to be here. It's an exciting time to see what God's doing all across Northwest Arkansas. And this morning, what I want to do is I just want to focus on what is fellowship? What are we apart uh, globally? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And this is the scripture that was read with some of our good friends. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to encourage you, if you're discipling somebody, if you're part of a small group, if you're leading a small group, it's a great exercise just to, just to try to go, hey, what is the gospel? And, and for Christians in here, you're going to think, man, man, that's an easy answer. But if you really dive into it, it's a lot trickier than you think to try to summarize and come up, what is the gospel? And I'm going to give you a cheat code. This is a great place to start. This is a great place to start. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what that means is it's not about being a part of a certain race a certain ethnic group. It's not about being your economic status. It's not about being if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat. It's not about these different divisions that we have in the world. It says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It is a global message that Paul is unpacking. This is the good news of the gospel. But then you see in the next section, Paul gets really practical. For that to become true or for that to happen, there's some practical steps that we need to go through. And he does it in the form of questions. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. If I was to break this down and make it more simple, Paul is saying this, people must send, people must preach, People must hear. And by the way, this is why we put a big emphasis on learning a language when we send somebody overseas. They need to hear it in their heart language. And people must believe. That is what needs to happen. And so we need to be a church that does these things. And the payoff is that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I want to walk through a couple of just definitions. And the first one is this, lost. 
Someone who has yet to trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we call that person lost. They're just outside the family of God. This is also still one of the biggest arguments uh, that I hear against missions or sending somebody overseas. And the argument goes like this. It's like, Pope, we have so many lost people here in Northwest Arkansas. Pope, there's so many lost people here in Arkansas. There's so many lost people here in the United States. Why would we spend the resources to send somebody overseas where it's so difficult and it takes so much time? And there's two responses that I'd like to give to that. One is this, is I want you to think about if you're a follower of Christ here in this room, do you know somebody who's lost, who doesn't know Jesus? And if the answer is yes, you are their access to the gospel. You are their access to the gospel. And you're probably thinking right now, oh no, not me. But that's why you're in their life, all right? And there's lost people everywhere. The second answer to this is when uh, Jesus gives out the Great Commission, he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. He, didn't, he doesn't pull his disciples together and say, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go and make disciples of all the nations, but first you're going to start in Jerusalem. And when everybody in Jerusalem becomes a follower of Jesus, then you're going to move on to Judea. And then when everybody becomes a believer there, you're going to move on to Samaria. That's not what he does. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. And if that was Jesus' intent, then Paul was one of the most disobedient people in Scripture. Because that's not what he did. Second thing I would like to unpack for you is unreached people group. And it's this, a group of people with a distinct culture who live where there is little to no access to the gospel. And there's, a, there's people that do a bunch of research on this, and we believe it's estimated that there's 7,251 groups that would fall into this category. That they don't, and what that practically means is that they don't know anybody who's a follower of Christ. That even if they wanted to become a follower of Christ, they wouldn't know somebody to, to go to to talk about it. They wouldn't have a church to go to. They might not have the scripture to read in their language. To get even more practical, this last semester we do, uh, we teamed up with a ministry called International Fellowship, and every week we'd host a dinner and we'd do a Bible study and we'd have people from a bunch of different countries that would come and be a part of it. And we had this guy and girl from Japan, and it's one reason that we're so passionate about Japan, is Japan is the second largest unreached people group in the world. And so this couple from Japan shows up, uh, two students, and it's in May, and they say, man, this is our last week to be here in Northwest Arkansas, and they're moving back to Tokyo for good. And I was like, oh, y'all from Tokyo. I was like, you gotta meet Howie, the person that we're sending there. So he introduced them, and, and they're talking, and they go, she just says, hey, we're about to move to Tokyo. And they go, oh, why are you moving to Tokyo? And Japan's one of the few places where we can be totally open. And she goes, actually, I'm gonna be part of a church planning group. And as soon as she said that, these two Japanese students turn to each other and start speaking to each other in Japan or in Japanese. Now, it might shock you. I, don't, I can't speak Japanese, but I can see that they're really confused and they're talking to each other. And then the guy turns back to Hallie and says, I've never even heard of a church or seen a church in Tokyo. He's lived there his whole life. 
and has never heard about one or has never seen one. That is an unreached people group, and that is where we're going. But it gets even more desperate. There's something called an unengaged people group, and it's a group of people with a distinct culture where there is no known person or people attempting to take the gospel to them. And yes, there's so many people groups out there that are so resistant to the gospel and say, we don't want to hear it, are very passionate about their religion. But what we're hearing over and over again from our missionaries in the field is that there's actually so many people groups that are saying, hey, when is somebody going to come to us? And when is somebody going to learn our language? And when are we going to get the Bible in our language? And the missionaries just have to look at them and say, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many groups out there that are actually asking, saying, when is God going to learn to speak our language is how they see it. And so where do these people live? They live in the red areas. And this is what we're trying to do is raise up and ascend people and be involved in these areas. This is called like the 1040 window. And I'm going to teach you, if you can remember the number three, you'll become like a missions expert, okay? So if you remember the number three, there's over three billion people that live in this area that have little to no access to the gospel. I call this the spiritual starvation area of the world. And the reason I use the term spiritual starvation is because every day thousands of people are dying without ever hearing the gospel. Not that they heard it and rejected it without ever hearing. And here's the word picture or the visual picture I want you to get in your mind. When you're at Razorback Stadium and it is completely sold out, I want you to take five seconds just to look around and realize that's the number of people that it's estimated die every day without ever hearing the gospel. It is a place of spiritual starvation. And so you would think over three billion people Spiritual starvation is happening, that that's where most of the money and resources in the missions world is being sent. But the truth is, less than 3% of the money and less than 3% of the people are going to these areas. Now, there's lost people everywhere. And I'm not trying to disparage people working in those other places. But we're just trying to balance the scales a little bit and say, hey, we are going to focus on those areas. So what is Fellowship Bible Church doing? Three things. One is this congregation right here, we've adopted a Bible translation project. We call it the No Sue Project. It's with a group of people in Africa where 50 million people speak a language, but they do not have the Bible in their own language. It is one of the last large um, Bible translation projects left. Most of them have about 10,000 people that don't speak the language. This one has 50 million. And we want to see that translation happen. And matter of fact, we have a video uh, today that we're going to show you. The guy on the field who's working on the projects is giving us an update. Uh, if you're live streaming it today, we're not going to be able to show for security reasons. You won't be able to see them, but you'll be able to hear the audio. So take a look at this. Assalamu alaikum, Fissam al Inshallah, kulukum kwesim. Warm greetings from North Africa. Thank you, Fellowship, for your partnership with us in the Nosu Bible Translation Project. It's a great joy to come with you with a bit of an update today. 
We have much to thank God for, church. Uh, right now, we've got audio players going out. Uh, we've got 250 audio players in the field loaded with uh, scripture stories in the Nosu language. People are hearing the words of God in a language they understand for the very first time in their lives. And the church is being equipped to share the good news with their neighbors and circles of influence. Beyond the audios, we're working to add video components to these same audio stories and to get those up on social media. We should have the first set of these from the Joseph uh, narrative from Genesis ready in the next couple of months, and then they'll go to field testing. And I'll be eager to share these with you as well. We just want to get the word out in as many ways as possible to as many people as possible so we can have the biggest impact possible. We're also working on the Gospel of Luke. Uh, it's the beginning of the full-blown No Sue Bible Translation project. We've got a great draft of Luke, and we plan to do the final checking of that in a workshop in December. And we ask for all of your prayers for the logistics leading up to that, for all of the right people uh, to be involved, and that we can get the work done and get this out uh, published in the early spring. And praise God, he's putting together a team. We've got a fantastic family based in the field, learning language, um, they're already working with a couple of key North Africans, and we're praying for more of the right people, the right North Africans, maybe a couple of other expats, maybe someone sitting there in Fayetteville. Would you uh, send us someone uh, who's passionate about this work to help and support the team? Uh, and so we ask for prayers for this as God continues to build the team. We ask for prayers. Uh, also, you may have heard that a war has started in this part of the world uh, as of April, and it's unlike any war this nation has seen. It's truly, truly awful. Uh, the things that have happened in the last four months are unthinkable. And so we ask for your prayers for peace. We ask for your prayers for wisdom as we continue to work in this challenging environment to build the kingdom of God and to share the shalom of Christ. Uh, and so now I just want to thank you uh, again and to bless you in the Nosi language. Ali halikum, ali etawal omrakum, yudikum saha. Amen. Thank you, Fellowship. All, all the updates that he was giving is because uh, of your generosity. Uh, and this is, could be a 10 to 15-year project, but it's something that we've just committed to, and we want to see that happen. And the reason that we partner with this organization is they plant churches along the way uh, with the process. So they're very passionate about church planning, which moves into our second category, is that we want to send people out from this body to plant churches among the unreached, meaning in that red area that we're talking about. And you might be thinking to yourself like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a very difficult job. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But we've also developed a two-year training track that if we feel that God is putting this on your heart, that the church wants to walk alongside you for two years and to prepare you for that, we might even add additional training on that. But it's, it's broken up into three different categories, head, heart, head, heart, and hands, uh, the head aspect is just deepening your biblical knowledge, is that we want to take a year, walk through the Old Testament, take a year, walk through the New Testament. Matter of fact, this Wednesday, we're going to start our Gospels class. It's going to be in the classroom over here Wednesday, nice, nice and early in the morning, 6.15. You can sign up and be a part of that class and not be in our global track. Uh, if you just have a desire to deepen uh, your biblical knowledge, Garland is teaching uh, most of those classes also, we just want to work on your heart and develop, um, man, how do I walk with God in a very tough and difficult environment? And so we spend two years uh, with that, and then also just giving you practical ministry uh, of working cross-culturally. And so if you're ever interested or think that God might be leading you into that, uh, I would love to have a conversation um, with you. And then the third area is that God is bringing the nations to Northwest Arkansas. 
And the uh, Rogers and Bentonville congregations, they're focusing on the internationals that God has brought in the corporate world. And here in Fayetteville, we want to focus on the international students that God has brought to the University of Arkansas. Matter of fact, you heard three of them up here uh, reading scripture this morning. Over 1,200 students from all over the world are at the University of Arkansas right now. 713 of them come from the red area, over half of them. And I just want to break down our ministry to you. It's really difficult, really difficult. We look for ways to serve them practically. We build authentic relationships with them, which gives us, gives us an opportunity to share with them. That's it. That's what we do. As a matter of fact, if you're a college student in here next week, we're going to have a training right after church. We want to get as many college students involved because we have a personal passion and vision to see all 713 of those international students from these countries hear the gospel through a personal relationship. So right after church, we're going to have uh, that meeting next door in the FSM room. But if you're not a college student, we also want you to be involved. And I wanted to share a story with you about a couple who's a part of this church. And years ago, they came to me and they just kind of said, they said, Pope, we're part, we've been a part of every ministry that you can be involved with in church. We just think God's calling us to something different. And I was like, have you thought about the international ministry? And they jumped into it. And man, they've just run with it. And it's incredible. They just kind of text me and they send me pictures and update just incredible encounters that they have. And many of the stories we can't tell because they're involved with people that come from some pretty dangerous places. Matter of fact, what they do is they, they kind of follow that same formula. They just find ways to serve them and then they build relationships with them. And people ask them all the time, they say, why are you doing this? And their answer is simple. They just go, you know what? We're followers of Jesus and Jesus tells us to serve and to love people. And the people respond and they'll say, but we're Muslims. And they'll say, man, that's all right. Jesus loves Muslims. Is that not an awesome message? And so one story that I, I, I can share with you and got permission to is that they invested in a, a female for, from Russia who was getting her master's here. And then she left and she went back home. And then they found out she was coming back to get her Ph.D., but they were going to be gone. They're going to be out of town on the day that she arrived. But they knew the situation of most internationals. Most internationals show up and they might get an apartment, but they, will, they don't have the money to furnish that apartment. And so what they did is they got their community group together and some of their friends, and they started collecting and buying furniture. And they went to the apartment manager and they said, hey, we want a surprise. Or will you give us the key? Can we go in? Can we clean the place? Can we set the furniture up? And so they got her apartment totally ready, and I want you to just uh, check it out. I mean, we're not talking about, like, passing hand-me-downs and all that or broken furniture. I mean, they went full bore on this place. Look at this. Let's be honest. Hobby Lobby blew up in that apartment. And so what happened? The girl arrived didn't get to her apartment till one o'clock in the morning. Somebody had loaned her an air mattress, which she planned on sleeping in, had it tucked under her arm. She went, she opened up the door, 
And she saw the furniture and she freaked out because she's like, I'm in the wrong apartment. And then she stepped in and she saw this sign that said, welcome home. And immediately she just burst out into tears. And she called her dad back home into Russia and said, you wouldn't believe what these people did for us. And she couldn't sleep the whole night because she says, nobody has ever done anything like that for me before. And guess where she was at the next Sunday? She was in this room, hearing God's word taught. Because they just opened up a door and served somebody in a practical way. So I want to close with this. I want to close with this. We're going to host a meeting on October 8th. And if you are a part of this body and you are involved in missions in any way, any way at all, we want to get to know you and you're invited to that meeting because there's some incredible heroes of the faith right here with our body. But this meeting's not just for them. This meeting is for anybody who's ever thought, man, when it talks about the Great Commission and Jesus says, go and make disciples of all the nations, I feel like I'm always supposed to have done something, but I don't know what it is. This meeting is for you. And I'm going to make two promises at this meeting, okay? I'm going to knock down two walls of fear. One wall is, at this meeting, we are not going to tell you to go sell all your stuff and go move overseas, okay, and take your family, all right? That fear is gone. The second fear that I always hear, at this meeting, we're not going to ask you for any money, okay? So in between those two things, how could you play a role and be involved in the Great Commission to take the gospel where it is not? and join in what God's doing all over the globe. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much. And God, I pray that as we just look around and we realize, and you're up to something. You're up to something in Northwest Arkansas, not just a Fellowship Bible Church, dear God, but there's so many churches that have a global vision. There's so many churches that are growing right now. There's so many churches that exciting things are happening. And God, We just thank you to be here in this time and this place when so many negative things are happening to God. We acknowledge that you are over those negative things and you are changing lives. God, may we all play a role in that and not be on the sidelines and may we get off the bench and just say, Coach, put me in. I want to be involved. It's your name. Amen. Y'all stand with us. Let's just sing these words together.
our hearts will cry these bones will sing his great commission uh, in Galilee, north of Jerusalem, you know, by about a two-hour drive. He said, go make disciples of all the nations. Just think about it for a moment. How far is northwest Arkansas from Galilee? It's the other side of the world. The nation, we are the nations to Jesus. And now we join this great song to the Lamb who was slain of every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people. We just join in. We all point it back to our King, our King Jesus. He's the only one worth it. He's the only one that can bring tribe, tongue, nation, and language together. There's no other king that does it. And so 
Fellowship Fayetteville as we go out this week. That's the story that we tell. And in humility, we recognize we're the other side of the world. But when Jesus said that, we continue. We just want to walk in that song and sing that song. If you need prayer this morning, right through those doors. We'd love to pray with you up the stairs. Fellowship Fable, we love you. We'll see you right here next week.